RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer. We are so glad that you are here, as always, to listen to this thing we call a podcast. And we're going to have a brand new segment this week that we hope to have maybe one a month for the next couple of, at least for the next six, eight months, called Whatever Happened To... dot, dot, dot. And uh, I was thinking about it the other day because we're always trying to uh, always trying to keep up with old friends and find old friends so that we could bring on the guests, the best talent, tell stories for you and keep the, uh, the podcast uh, going. And so I was thinking the other day, you know, we had Ernest Miller on a few months ago. He was mentioned uh, Ice Train and uh, we had... Uh, uh, Shannon Moore on a couple weeks ago. He mentioned uh, what Evan Courageous was up to. I know uh, Jimmy Yang is uh, uh, out of the business. There's there's not many guys who leave the business uh, and just walk away. Uh, there's always a pull there, and I can tell you <laughs> it's there. There's always a pull there to, to keep you coming back. But uh, there are people, especially people that I work with and travel with in WCW, that uh, – that have walked away on their own accord and, and sort of not been around. And so you wonder, you know, what happened to them? So we're going to have a new series of interviews, discussions, chats called Whatever Happened To. And this week we're going to catch up with Ice Train, Harold Hogue. We are going to talk about how he got involved in professional wrestling, his time in WCW, also his time in Germany where he hung with the same people that I have become very good friends with after WCW is over. And uh, we're going to find out, of course, whatever happened to, what's he doing now. And uh, so that should be fun. And we hope to do this about once a month, like I said. And if you have any ideas, any thoughts of who you'd like to hear a whatever happened to segment on and an interview with, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at David Penzer, all one word at Penzer ringside. And um, yeah, so we're going to start that and hopefully you like it next week, by the way, we're going to be talking to, and it should be a fun conversation. I've been wanting to talk to this person for a while. Uh, he's been in the business a long time, been in a lot of places and now starting a brand new journey with all elite wrestling uh, with the pay-per-view coming up uh, Labor Day weekend and the television series, the new television on TNT. Uh, I'm talking about Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angels. So we're going to be talking to him. If you have any questions for Christopher Daniels, you can hit me up on that same Twitter account at David Penzer, all one word. And um, we're going to be uh, broadening our horizon, so to speak, and getting some WWE talent on, getting more All Elite Wrestling talent on, getting old friends on, whatever happened to, and uh, and uh, keeping the train rolling. And with that segue, it's time to find out whatever happened to Ice Train. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week on City Ringside, we are going to find out whatever happened to WCW superstar Ice Train, real name Harold Hogue. And uh, so uh, we found uh, Harold on social media, reached out, and he was more than happy uh, to come and talk to us. So we want to get caught up. Harold, welcome to City Ringside. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, fans out there. What's going on, Mr. Pinzer? 
Not so much, man. Just uh, doing the podcast. So uh, we're going to tell a little bit about your story, and then you can tell everybody what you're up to now. I I, I know you're jacked. If anybody's seen you on Facebook, uh, if if it's possible, I think you might be bigger than you were back in the WCW days. Is that possible? Just just a little bit leaner now. You know, I, I look bigger, but I'm only like 275. Yeah, well, you're in good shape uh, for a gentleman your age. Not, I'm not calling you old now. I'm just saying. It's, hey, you know what? Hey, at 53 years old, almost 54, I'll take it, brother. God bless. I'll take it. God bless. I'm yeah. 50. I'm 52 with a big belly. Uh, so <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Uh, were you a wrestling fan growing up? Man, I used to love Bulldog, Don Kent, Brazil, The Sheik. Oh my God, Ernie Ladd, yeah, man, I, I, I love wrestling. When I played college ball, they used to call me the Hulkster. That was my nickname in college. And I remember I did an article in college. Um, what was I going to do after professional football, which only lasted like um, two years on the practice roster? But um, I told him I was going to take my partner, Dale Silver, middle linebacker friend of mine, and we were going to go into pro wrestling together. That was back in 1989. That's how long. I mean, I've been loving pro wrestling. I still love it to my day. It's a little different right now, but I still love it, man. And it was it was a good business for me. I, I enjoyed it. I can never say nothing wrong about my fraternity. I mean, it was just great to me. You know, I did all right. Yes, sir. Uh, so you must have grown up in the Detroit area because those names you're talking about are Detroit names. Those are Michigan names. I grew up in Detroit. I played for one of the greatest high schools ever, St. Martin's Forest. Won like four state championships in a row in football. And I signed my first letter of intent to the University of Michigan coming out. And then I transferred to um, Central State and Kentucky State University. And that's why I was a three-time All-American at Central State University at defensive tackle. Wow, wow. I didn't realize that you had a football background. Very cool. Uh, oh, I was, I was pretty – I was okay. So, so after your two years uh, uh, in the practice squads, um, how'd you get how'd you get your foot in the door of professional wrestling? Well, let me tell you, I was um, in Gold's Gym in Indianapolis, and Taz Watley walked up to me. I was benching like a legit seven oh five, and only thing I I missed it. I stopped doing my powerlifting because I really used to love it, and I was the youngest person to probably ever bench seven oh five. I might have been twenty two years old and I was doing about a 900 pound squat. How many and times could you do seven? How many times could you do seven Oh five at that time? Trust me, Ted Arsini and Ken Lane were the only ones doing it. And John Ware and maybe Otis Wilson, OD Wilson. Uh, one time you do one pause. Like I could do five Oh five at that time for like, I don't know, 15 reps, something like wow. that. I mean, I was, I, I used to love the weight room and, and I, I hate that I stopped my power lifting. Because it was like right now, if I would have ninety percent of that on YouTube, oh my God, it, it was just—it's it, good. But you know, to be fifty-three years old and still can deadlift over seven fifty and bench if I on a good day about five seventy-five, I take that. You know, yeah. I take those days. I, on a good on a good day, I could bench about eighty-five. But uh, I'm just saying. Hey, uh, so so Pez Wally came up to you in the gold gym. Everybody sort of has a story like that. And uh, and did that lead to you going down to the power plant? Let me tell you what that led to. Always gonna, I'm gonna always keep it real. It led me. I was in I'm Indianapolis, Indiana, and um, 
at that time, Atlanta was fun and wild, and I was having a great time in life. I came down to wrestle. I went to Dean Malenko School in Florida. It didn't work out. Went in there, walked out. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not a chain wrestler. I'm not about to do that. Um, I could do that in high school. And Jody Hamilton came up to me, and he was so honest with me. And he says, look, I know you you got that football background. I see your little resume. And but this is pro wrestling. And then Blackjack Mulligan walked into the office and they were so real with me. Um, they said, hey, if you pay attention and you grow, you could do this a long time. So I did it 12 years. It took me some time to really kick it in because of the entertainment part. I came from like, I just want to stiff you, hit you hard. You hit me hard. That's why the Scott Norton thing was really fun for me. It was just like, you beat me up, I'll beat you up. And it was fun. So that was the part of wrestling that I liked. I had to learn the part where I had to take care of the guy because I was so strong at that time. I could just thump you and hurt you and not even know I was hurting you. So they built me up, and then I tore my ACL. So the first two years, I never got my ACL um, repaired. So I was walking, working matches and um, couldn't even walk up the rain apron. But when the call came out the dugout, Thunder and Lightning was there. Bobby Walker was there. You had to go to work. Jungle gym still. So my first two years, I couldn't really move in the rain. That's why I would just, I couldn't jump. I couldn't leap and stuff like that because I had that bad knee. And it, it was a hard two years. It really was. And then they then Vader, um, Dave, sent me to Germany. And um, Finley, Dave Taylor, um, Mick McMichael is a great referee over there. Dave Finley, um, Mick McMichael, um Steve Casey and the great Tony St. Clair, they took me under their wing. And they just, they they loved on me, bro, for two years. And they helped me out tremendously. You know, I, I didn't know, I never knew that you, um, until I was doing research for this interview, that you spent a couple years over in uh, Germany and, and the catch wrestling territory. Uh, at w, as in WCW, Dave Taylor and, and Dave Finley, and to this day, are two of my favorite people in the world. And, and I got to go over after WCW and do some tours with Tony St. Clair and uh, just three of the greatest of greatest people that you could ever meet uh, tough, legitimate tough, uh, could wrap you up if they wanted to, but were, would if they liked you, they would, you know, like you said, they took you. So that's that, that was awesome. I assume that you uh, were were hanging out with those guys. Any any stories from back in the day? I know you guys stayed in the same. You guys stayed yeah. in, in trailers, oh right? It was almost like the circus, if we I remember stayed, correctly, from what they yeah. told me. Man, let me tell you, one night it was JBL. Um, um, John Layfield, John Bradshaw. And it was about negative 10 over there. And it was so cold to see the smoke coming out the mouth of the trailer with the heater on. So we were silly, man. We went out there. We plugged, unplugged everybody's electricity at <laughs> um, 3 o'clock in the morning. And everybody woke up so cold. And then the showers, you had to walk across the um, the campus, you know, the, the arena, to go take a shower. And, brother, if that heat went on in that shower, it was like showering outside in the, in um in Alaska. It was pretty much that cold. Those <laughs> were great experience. Um, my best experience over there was the night I was one of the first American baby faces, the first American baby face to ever rent, to ever win the Brayman Catch Cup. And um, I went over on Bradshaw. I think I beat him in four rounds. I mean, it was it was it was my coming out party. And um, the next year, Eric signed me to my contract. 
And I went back to Germany again because Eric felt that it was just really nowhere. Like Teddy Long did a podcast. We just, they just didn't know what to do with him. And Eric would send me say, you know what, go back to Germany. We'll figure it out when you come back over here. And I would make, Eric would bless me. I'll make, man, 200, 300 grand. I'll be over Germany making 2,500 a week, just having a ball and learning every day. And then when I would come back to America, it was like, um, I appreciated um, the Chris Canyon run. That was really fun for me. That got to showcase my talent. He was a good athlete. And you can you can move with him. And that's what made me and Canyon have so much fun, you know, before the doors closed. But Germany, man, it was the best. Any kid who's breaking into business, he still needs to go find one of them territories where they're working three or four days a week, Dave. He really yeah. does. You would stay in the same city for like six weeks or something like that, correct? Man, it taught you that you couldn't use the same moves every night. We would be in Hanover for eight weeks, okay? And we would do Hanover for eight weeks. Then we would go on a little tour vacation. But the beginning of the tour always started in Austria, where Otto was the promoter. Right. And Otto was like my dad. Otto was like really cool with me. Um, he took me under his wing, too. We would stay in um, Austria. And then let me tell you when I knew Dave Finley was a real pro. This is my first tour over there. I don't think Dave had been beat clean in um, a long time. And Peter Williams walked up and said, hey, the people are out there to see you. Um, choo-choo, um, that's what he would call me, choo-choo over Finley in uh, three and a half rounds. And I was sitting up there like, oh, my God. This is like, this is more pressure. To beat Finley was probably a lot of pressure on me other than, you know, getting playing with Luger for a draw. It was it was really major for him to take that one, two, three. It was one of the greatest victories and the most respect I saw a man who was about business. He didn't care. He knew how to keep himself over even if he lost. And that's what let me know, hey, anybody can lose in this business. Because I remember when Fit got to WCW, I would laugh because guys in the locker room would be pooping their pants just to get in the ring with him. I'd be like, what? You're going to have the best match of your life? And I mean, literally, they grow men would go to the booker and get out that match with Finley. It was hilarious. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't be in that locker room, but those finishes would change. And I'm talking about former world champions of WCW who were scared to get in the ring with Fit Finley. Yeah, I'm sure that kick to the back doesn't feel very good, but uh, <laughs> you remember, Brother, you know you remember that, that kick to the, to the back? back? It's not that bad. <laughs> yes, man, I'm telling you. Fit made things look stiff. I know. They, he never stiffed you once. He was just a classy. He was a grown man who grew up in the business. His dad was a great wrestler, and he had a pedigree. He was awesome, brother. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because we're talking about it, but if you ask me, out of all the people that I've gotten to know in this business, which is hundreds and hundreds of people, if to name, like, three of the top ten people that would take you under their wing and guide somebody to a successful career, I'd say Dave Taylor, Dave Finley, and Tony St. Clair. No rib. I'm serious about that. So that's awesome. Brother, those, I just I just spoke to Tony the other day um, by Facebook. My son, let me tell you, Dave, I've been so quiet because let me tell you what happened. In New Orleans, I was MI smooth. Eric Bischoff and the great Jimmy Hart took me into a room. They said, listen, it's your time. We're going to let you go home and start getting ready to go to Fusion. 
I'm like, really? He says, man, we're going to push you. We're going to repackage you. We just think it's, you're ready. It's when I was doing MI Smooth. We love your personality. And you got such good charisma. And, um, and I was so happy. I went back home, played with my daughter, worked my garden, started going to the gym, started going to the boxing place because I used to be a great boxer. I was like, man, this, I get to really be myself. They're going to let me create my own. They're going to create a character. Man, and when that deal didn't go through, I remember Lauren Nidus used to call me in um, Jonesboro, Georgia. I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm good. Because I knew that I knew who I wanted to work for. And I love working for Bischoff because he's always straight up with me. He never, even when he fired me one time. Basically, I got fired for a whole year and I was back the next year. So I basically lost a week of paycheck. And he was just that good to me. Was was um, Eric Bischoff? Can't say one bad thing about the guy. And um, but those three men you mentioned, man, I love them. They're my brothers. You know, I told Dave Taylor he has a show. He's going to um, England September 16th and 23rd to teach some wrestling classes. And I said, well, you know, Dave is probably the best dancer that you ever seen in your life, David Penzer. <laughs> Dave Taylor is the best dancer ever. Brother, do dance better than John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. All the all the time I hung out with him drinking, and I never saw him dance. Next time I got a oh my god, Dave, brother, Dave would get in the ring in Hanover, Germany, and man, with maybe 40, 50 girls in the middle of the ring dancing with us, and he would just <laughs> they would turn on that music, man. He'd turn on that disco music, and the first time I saw him, I said, oh my god, excuse my language, this guy can dance. I was like, he got a lot of room. He got some brother in him. That's how good he danced. Wow. I never That's knew that. I've spent so much time on the road with him and, and, and in Peachtree City where he still uh, lives uh, and, and where I live when I lived in Atlanta. And I spent so much time and we've done our fair share of uh, drinking some cocktails and stuff. But I never I never thought of asking him to dance, you know. But uh, oh my God. if I ever no, get the... No. If I ever Charlie, get the opportunity, now I got to now I got to get him on the on the podcast at least. I was going to call him anyway to do the podcast. Uh, he does have a thick accent, but I'm uh, maybe uh, Jerry. Could you do subtitles on a podcast? No, no. Uh, but uh, but but I got to ask him. <laughs> I got to ask him about this dancing man. He's he's one of the funniest guys, and Tony's a class act, like he said. Dave Finley to this day is one of my favorite people in the world, and and great friends. And you really had a great. You no, really. You said you said you drank with Dave Finley, right? I drank with Dave Finley. I drank with Dave Taylor. I drank with Tony St. Clair. No, no. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about a story about me and Finley one night. We had a great <laughs> match. I, I said, was talking for smacks, and you can't hold your whiskey. I'm like, Dave, what are you trying to do? Have a drink off? Of course, I he is. think we drunk. Two, we drunk three bottles of whiskey. I woke up the next morning. I was in the gym looking for Finley who's going to come to the ring and work with me. Man, well, I said, oh, true. What did you do to Dave last night? And I gave Fitz so much smack for I drinking him that day because you, I, I drank that Irishman down to the – I beat him down in that whiskey contest that night. You out, you out, you out drank was, Dave Finley? I put Dave under the ground, and he knows to this day. Wow. And then I was up in the gym training, waiting on him to teach me some stuff in the ring. He comes strolling in at 4 o'clock. Come on, we're off, bro. We're just going to relax. What? <laughs> Looking at me like, 
looking at me like, who, how did you, I say, we drink, I don't think we, anytime we drink after that, because they stayed with me when he first got to America, which was great for me too. Him and Matt Waller were just like, it was like bringing family to Georgia. Yeah. And we would go to the Mexican restaurant and you would, we would look at each other like, nah, we're not going to do that tonight. You sure? You want some? Nah, we're good. We do two more. <laughs> we'll leave it alone. Because we knew if we started talking, it wasn't going to be over until it was over. Yes. Well, we do. Whenever I see Dave, yes. we do the same thing, but we always end up drinking anyway. Uh, hey, you know what? what yeah, I, so you know I'm there. Yeah, you know, you want to know a funny uh, story is we had, you know, uh, Dave's son, uh, he's injured now, but he wrestles for uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and and he was wrestling for Ring of Honor before he got he hurt his shoulder. Um, I had him on the podcast because uh, he was I watched him grow up basically, and so my last question to him was, who could drink the most, you or your dad? And his, his answer to me was Mel, my mom, could out drink both of us, and she can. Oh, yeah, man, I didn't man, even well, think of that. Manuela was like my, we just spoke about two weeks ago. That is my sister from another mother. She was just, um, she was just honest. And she was like my therapist. She was like, because you know, I used to love the women, Dave. I, I love the women. And, and Manuela would be like, nah, you know, Manuela was like, Manuela was like the mother of the camp. Okay. And she would, and she always kept it real. She was a sweetheart. And I remember little Dave when he was a little bitty boy, and um, he used to call me Uncle Choo Choo. That's how close Dave, little Dave was my buddy, man. Little, little Dave family. Now, yeah, I know it's all, man, it's funny how that cop keeps It really does. This episode of City Ringside is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. I think we're all aware that sports TV nowadays is full of made-up drama, politics, beating the same topics into the ground, and hot takes from people who don't even believe what they're saying. A little drama to get people talking? CBS Sports HQ is here to change all that. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams live 24-7, and they have coverage that's just focused on the game. No drama, no politics. They bring you the latest news, highlights, previews, and reactions to all the on-field action. Plus, their fantasy sports experts will give you the info you need to make the right calls for your lineup. Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, I'm giving a shout-out to you two. Big fans when fantasy football starts, and I know that they are on CBS Sports HQ. So check them out. Plus, their betting experts will help you cash in on all your wagers. No fake debates, no politics, just sports for real sports fans. And the best news of all, it's free. I don't mean free for a week or free for a month or free if you have a special cable package. It's totally and completely free for absolutely everybody. You don't even need a login. Unbelievable. All you have to do is open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime from anywhere on your phone, at home, on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. No politics, no drama, just sports. CBS Sports HQ. Let me ask you a question. Was Ice Train like a nickname you had playing college football? How'd you come up with how, Who came up with that name? No. Man, me and Dusty, the great American dream and I. You know what? I wasn't being who I was. Dave, I am not a smiley type of guy. I am a true um, 
very um let me get a word in a good way. I'm a moody son of a bitch. <laughs> and that thing on the ice chain had me just smiling and I it was like I didn't know how to work hell at that time because I didn't want to I was always afraid, man, I was just going to run in that turnbuckle and just smash somebody. They were going to crumble. And I didn't want to use strong man stuff. I never wanted to talk about the weight room. I never talked about football because I just wanted to be myself. But Ice Train, um, Fred Savage, the actor, kind of right. thought I was a cool little character. And and, uh, and Eric ran with it. And I just smiled and choo-choo and just a green guy, you know, but that smooth in it, that bipolar joker, that was me all the way. Just a gossiper, knew all the scoops, and would harass people. I was listening to the guy, one of the guys, what I do with fans, they come to Marietta Barbell. This is what they do. So I had a fan come to Marietta Barbell. They were talking about you probably a month ago. Tony Schiavone was doing a podcast. I, I would um, autograph their pictures. So he comes in. This is what they do. They, they come in. They pay a couple hundred dollars. They work out with me. They go to lunch with me. We do photos, and um, I give them a workout program. And I mean, when I work them out, I give it to them good, brother. I give at at 53 years old, I still can smoke anybody on the bench press in the NFL with reps. I can do 225 for 58, 60 reps on a on a good day, maybe more, maybe more sometimes. But I can I can get up there and do 225 with anybody, and it doesn't hurt me. I just got that stamina. I've been doing it a long time. They come in and work out with me. And they said, um, Dave Penzer, Tony Schiavone has said, Dave Penzer won't even talk to Am I Smooth. That's how, that's how he is. And I was tickled. And um, two weeks later, we were talking on the phone. That's pretty cool. I, I, I don't know why anybody would say that, but uh, Tony has a podcast. And no, he's... that was him on the com- he, was, he was commentating on the show, like building up the smooth gimmick. And it was kind of funny. Oh, it, it oh, oh. It's part of the game. You know, I, so much was going on back then. I forgot about the MI Smooth stuff. I really did. Yeah, man. That was, that was, man, that was my coming out party, man. Me and Candy, boy, we had about four or five good matches where Barry Wyndham walked to me in the, um, back of the locker room. And if Barry Wyndham walked up to you and tell you something, you're getting a straight shooter. Yep. He said to me, he said, kid, um, I don't know what's going to happen when the company closed, but I ain't never seen nobody 350 pounds move that fast and can jump that high. And, and you're really learning who you are. You need to go see um, that man up north. And I was just like, yeah. I just never wanted, I just never wanted to go up there. I just thought it was, hey, when, when the doors closed, I talked to God and I was like, I'm good. And that's how I felt. You know, every time I, every time I get a workout, People say, you should go up there and be a manager. Or you should go up there and do the Am I Smooth gimmick in the limo. I was like, man, I wish wrestling was that easy. <laughs> I am I am happy. And I do love the business. And um, and I do miss it. But I just love to see the young guys out there doing what they're doing and just talking these stories like we're talking. Yeah. I never even knew you met Tony St. Clair. Man, yes. you're talking about a guy who was born too early. You're talking about a worker. I mean, I love Steve Regal. I think he's a great hand. But Steve Regal couldn't put a pimp on Tony St. Clair. That's how good Tony was. <laughs> Tony was great. Yeah. When no, I, I did... say great, America missed a great talent. Absolutely. A great guy, too. Yeah, I did a whole tour with uh, in, in England right after WCW. It was me, Fit, 
Finley and Horace Hogan came. It was the WCW uh, tour, tour of uh, England because I was still getting uh, severance pay because I was an employee. So it was just extra money for me. And uh, and they had um, uh, Tony was on it. Dave Taylor was on it. Uh, Drew McDonald. I don't know if you've ever worked with him was on oh it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on. I got to tell you a story about Drew McDonald. Drew McDonald is the funniest. Now, you got stories about Drew McDonald in the with him. I know you heard those stories. What? Which ones you broke up? I know you heard the stories of Drew McDonald. I'm sure I have. I don't know exactly Drew. which ones you're referring to. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Listen, Drew McDonald is a character and a half. Drew is something else that we can't even... Drew McDonald is the funniest guy on this earth. Man, he had a chip on his chest, and he was like, man, my chest is not as tight as it used to be. Look, and she got stretch marks now. That's <laughs> Drew McDonald. He's Drew, actually Drew McDonald he, is, is, he actually passed away a couple of years ago. But uh, Really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did that tour wow, with all those guys. I did that tour with all those guys, and the first night after the matches, we went to go to uh, a restaurant to eat, and it was Indian food. And I hate Indian food with a passion. And so, you know, mm. being, being, you know, me being me, you know, a little ring announcer, what, you know, keep your mouth shut, but I don't know, but I never listened to my own advice. I, all, all I did the whole dinner was bitch about how much I hate Indian food. So they told me that the only places that were open after 10 o'clock were Indian restaurants. So we went to eat Indian food the entire three-week tour every night. I found out about four years later when I was with Fit, I went to with Fit uh, to go ring announce him and Tony St. Clair's final match in Hamburg. And, um, and uh, Tony St. Clair said, uh, we're going to Indian food? I said, hell no. He goes, and he said, Fitch, you ever smarten them up? And Dave said, of course I never smartened them up. I said, I smartened them up about what? He said, there was plenty of places open. If you hadn't a bitch so bad the first night, we, w- we would have gone to all different kinds of restaurants. We could have gone to pubs, but we decided we were going to take you to Indian food every night for three weeks just because you were bitching about it. And, uh, and, and then, that's them. They can yeah, hold the rib forever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, I had, I brought like, uh, 10 Hawaiian shirts because I was wearing Hawaiian shirts at the time and they cut like the not they cut like the middle button off of every Hawaiian shirt I had so it's like you know it's it's one thing if the top is open too much or the bottom but when the middle's open it's sort of you know you can tell because uh uh you know looks you, you can see somebody's stomach and so every Hawaiian shirt I had on that tour they cut the middle button off it was just it went and, and it was it was so funny. I did a ton of stories that I have, and uh, and I, I never realized that we ran in those circles. I guess now that I think about it, uh, before Dave Finley moved to Peachtree City, he said he was living with you, but I never put two and two together until you just brought that up. But he did say he was living with you and that he worked with you in Germany, and I, I just never kind of re- uh, focused on that. That's great. Hey, let me ask you a question. You uh, – you mentioned about working with Scott Norton, and you like to work stiff. How was the uh, the Fire and Ice versus Steiner Brothers matches? Man, you know, Rick and Scotty. Man, you know, I think at that time, I treated Scott Norton really wrong. So if I ever see him, I'm going to apologize to him. I was really a butt wipe to Scott, to um, Scooter is what I called Norton. I was really a not a cool dude with Scott Norton. I really was. I thought he was... um. 
I just heard so many stories, so I put a block up to not really receive them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as I look at it, I was the butt wiper of that tag team. I was the <laughs> mean person, and and Norton was more professional, and I just didn't grab a hold of him. I said, man, screw that. I don't trust him. No, I, I just didn't trust him. And I really didn't know how cool Norton was until I just sat back and watched him. I said, man, you're such a arrogant ass white girl. And that's what I was. I was pretty rude to Norton. But the Steiners, man, I love the Steiners. Man, Rick, Scott, brother, and their son is a beast in football. Scott Steiner's son should be like a fourth or fifth round draft pick. What a good kid. Really? What a good kid. Oh, my God. His son, his son does numbers that if an NFL team just looked at little Rick Steiner, brother, the kid can bench press 475, runs a four four five forty, got about a 39 vertical, um, plays fullback, can squat over 700, and a very, very good-looking kid. Very good-looking kid. Yes, he is. Wow. Uh, beast. Have you, ever beast. Been to, have you ever been to show, the Shonies that uh, Scott owns? No, no. I, I see Rick because he's on the Cherokee County School Board. Right. And that's where my kids go to school at. Gotcha. Up here, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Rick Steiner's on the Cherokee County School Board. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's a very successful real estate agent up there, too. Yes, yes. And he, he's on board. So he's really doing some great things down here, too. Yeah, I saw him recently in Detroit at a Legends of Wrestling show that uh, Brian Knobs, uh company put on it's it still freaks me out to say brian knobs companies but uh uh he put on a legends of wrestling show in detroit and uh i think scott was supposed to come up and he couldn't and and robbie came up and uh and it was uh he he, he definitely definitely dropped you know he, he looks like he doesn't look like the, the freak uh, uh that he used to look like in the day uh he you know he's, he's got a looks like he looks like somebody's like he could be a grandfather you know what I mean? And he'll probably suplex the yeah, hell out yeah. of me for saying that, but I'm just saying. Oh, man, he's so mellow, man. And I saw him at my son's graduation. We waved like two old women. Hey, how you doing? It was really <laughs> great. <laughs> and um, and that's, man, that is it, man. And, you know, just to hear the Tony St. Clair. Yeah, Tony St. Clair, man, is, is a legend. But I'll tell you who's funny right now. Ernest Miller is really working out. I don't know if he's going back to WWE, but Ernest Miller is working out, and he's um, doing a great, great job in the gym. He's really lifting weights right now. And um, I thank social media for that. It, it plugged me in with a lot of my friends and Stevie Ray. And I mean, I just was, hey, I would go do my work, be a dad to my kids. My son is like one of the best track athletes in the state of Georgia. Wow. And he chose basically Morehouse College over the University of Georgia, which blew my mind. And he runs like a four ten mile, four or eight mile, and he's doing good. And my other son is a boxer, probably turned pro in about two years. And I mean, just raising my other ones and my wife who puts up with me every day. So it's pretty cool. You know, it's <laughs> it's great, man. Not not many people in this business get to go out on their own terms and you got to go out on your own terms. So bless you. What what so I'm assuming uh the answer to whatever happened to Ice Train is uh you're a personal trainer. Am I correct? I do I, I work for Morehouse. I do the strength and conditioning program there at Morehouse College. And um basically um, I do strength and conditioning. I don't do personal training. You can't come in my workout 
and just get a me sit on the bench and watch you. I really work. I do the strength and conditioning um, program. Like I make, like I take a kid. I got a kid named Blake Beretta who wants to wrestle with man. One of the hardest. He'll make it in this business. He's like a Danny Collins. I met him. Um, like out of yeah, okay. He's like a Blake Beretta is like the next Danny Collins. He's a Jody He's Hamilton be, kid, right? Yeah, Blake Beretta. Yeah, he's a Jody Hamilton kid. I was up for uh, I did a couple shows for um, uh, Universal Championship Wrestling up there, and uh, uh, one in Athens and one in uh, uh, shoot where Jody lives. I can't think of the city for uh, for Ronnie Gossett. I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, but yeah. So I, I but Blake Beretta uh, was on a couple of the shows. Yeah, good 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 uh, good talent for sure. So you work yeah, out with him. He's gonna be- um, I trained Blake in the strength and conditioning. He still goes to Jody. I got like six football players. I got like a couple boxers and I got some, um, I got my nephew who's probably going to break into business. Um, my, my, my brother is Tony Freeman came in like fifth in the Arnold Classic. Okay. And Nico's about to start wrestling. You can Google him, Nico Freeman. He's going to vent or whoever gets a hold of Nico is going to get a hold of, a, um, just, just a great athlete. And he, he really wants to be a pro wrestler, Nico Freeman. But, you know, my training is very, it's very hard, Dave. The average person got to be a real athlete or just a fan. Like the fans, when they want to come to Mary or the Barbell, they call me, they go to Facebook. So they can go to my Facebook, friend request me, come set up a package, come work out with me for two days. But these are real workouts. My workouts ain't for everybody. These workouts, these workouts, you're going to walk and say, man, you know what? I really train today. And when you go home the next morning, I mean, you thinking of God, you're going to think about that work I train put on your butt. <laughs> That's great, man. Well, like I said, you look jacked and uh, you're on Facebook. So if anybody uh, uh, wants to check you out, uh, uh, go to your uh, Facebook site, uh, Harold Hogue, I believe. And uh, Yep, they go, they go to Facebook, Harold Hogue, hit me with a friend request. I set up a little workout with them. They can come in and train with me, take some pictures with me. It's better than me going to I, You know, I get invited so much to the WrestleCon. I'm actually going to do a couple shows this year. I got, I'm got. i going to September. I got a couple shows. But, but I like the people to come into the gym, work out. If they work out good, I'll take them over to the DDP Performance Center. They can get some weight training and some yoga in, man. And, man I just love a person to come on around Love some wrestling, get to know the wrestler, instead of just always sending the autograph, taking the phony picture. Come in, let me kick your butt in the weight room. <laughs> then I'll take the picture with you. Then we can go eat a sandwich. Then I'll autograph what you want to do. That's how I like to do my training. So they can go to Hell Hope, just on my Facebook. If it's intelligent, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and confirm the request, set up something with you. We can come down to Marietta Barbell, come on down to Georgia, and they can get that pain. And they can get that workout. There you and go. Never know who, you never know who you're going to see in there. So many athletes. And I mean, from, from Holyfield on down, you never know who's walking in Mary at a barbell. It is the prime gym of people who really train. It's more Olympic athletes in Mary at a barbell anywhere in Georgia. It is, um, it is owned by Curtis Leslie, who's one of the strongest men in the world. His lovely wife, Miss Jean. And they make it my home. That's my home. They say, we want you here. Bring all your people over here, and because I grab a kid who's just sitting around there, come over here and get this workout. Because I want people to stay engaged with their fitness. Because there's so many of our guys in our era 
Dave is doing really bad. I'm talking about 50, 49. Like you're talking about, you look great compared. Come on, you see the guys at the wrestling shows. You're like, whoa. <laughs> and um, I mean, you gotta, you got to keep your body in shape, your mind in shape, and you got to just enjoy life every day. And if people are doing that, Dave, hey, man, they're on the upcome. And when you see Dave Finley, you tell him I said hi, Dave Taylor. I already spoke to Tony. I spoke to Dave Taylor the other day. But, man, those are some dynamic dudes. They're great. And if anybody want to train with Ice Train, come to Marietta Barbell in Atlanta. Call me on Facebook. And, Dave, whenever you get back to Atlanta, I'm expecting you to look me up and come to Marietta Barbell so I can do a video of you working out. Oh, no. You know, that's yeah. that's going to be a very short video, man. You got like a 30-second video. Hey, man, it'll be the best 30 seconds anybody's <laughs> ever saw of Raven <laughs> Hey, that's great, man. Hey, you've been a pleasure to talk to. Great catching up with you. I'm sure the fans that are going to be listening will love catching up with you. And uh, and, and and hopefully they'll go to Facebook and uh, and follow your journey and come up and and uh, and, and work out with you, man. Uh, hope hope to see you down the road. And uh, and, and thanks for uh, catching up with us. Man, Dave, have a great one, man. Don't be a stranger. Well, there you go. Now you know whatever happened to Ice Train, Harold Hogue, what a personality that guy is. And, you know, the funny thing is, is he was kind of reserved in, in WCW. And um, uh, he said it took him a while to get used to the showmanship. And I know at the end with the MI Smooth gimmick, he finally got used to it. And then uh, when WCW went away, he went away as well. And like I told him, not many people in this business, in this world, get to go out on their own way. Uh, and he went out his own way and on his own terms and he's doing very well so consider hitting him up on facebook harold hogue and uh maybe you could go up to atlanta and do the harold hogue workout uh hope you could last longer than 30 seconds because that's about all he's going to get out of me but fun catching up with him and uh best of luck in his life so we're going to be doing more of these, whatever happened to. Like I said earlier, if you have an idea, a uh, thought of who you'd like to hear from, somebody who hasn't been around in a while, uh, be sure to hit me up on Twitter, at David Penzer, all one word, at Penzer Ringside as well. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, be sure to follow me. Uh, we talk wrestling here and there, and uh, I'd love to get questions and uh, for future guests. As a matter of fact, be sure to hit me up uh, next week, as I said earlier. Christopher Daniels, a member of SoCal Uncensored, brand new, one of the first signees with All Elite Wrestling, and uh, going to be interesting to talk to him about his career. And he's been a lot of places, done a lot of things, and uh, he can still rock and roll, that's for sure. And so we're looking forward to talking to him and hearing about the new chapter in his long uh, career, which is All Elite Wrestling, which is going to start, as you know, on TNT in the fall. So let the wrestling wars begin. They're saying that uh, Fox Sports 1 is going to go head-to-head -head with All Elite Wrestling on Wednesday nights with two live hours of NXT. And I wouldn't expect any less from somebody who's been in a wrestling war. Uh, with those guys, I wouldn't expect any less. So we wish everybody the best of luck and uh, wishing all elite wrestling great things, wishing WWE and NXT great things, Impact Wrestling great things, and uh, we're equal opportunity. I just love the wrestling business and uh, 
like to talk to people in it. I don't care where they work. And to that end, we're hoping to have uh, some WWE stars on very soon as well, working with them. So uh, appreciate that. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, and Christopher Daniels next week, this is David Penzer still sitting ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crushell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.